How is it going, boys? Welcome back to another episode of the Throne League podcast. Uh, this being the uh, week six breakdown edition. I am, of course, as always, joined by my favorite co-host, the Kamish. Jacob, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I squeezed by. Got a, got a dub. Pushed me to four and two, so that was exciting. But yeah, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. You know, you weren't alone. I also squeezed by in a narrow margin of victory, another low score. That was kind of a theme this week was was low scores. I was talking to you earlier. We had seven guys go under 100 points and only one guy break 120 points this week. Uh, but as you mentioned to me, you know, bye weeks are starting to kick in. So we're going to see some fluctuation in scoring, especially teams that maybe weren't as cognizant of buys when they were drafting players and now all of a sudden are hit with the oh shit moment of three of my top players are out and how the heck do I fill in those spots. Um, but we're going to actually see, Jacob, when we break down this week of action, that there were a few waiver wire options out there. They were deep dives, but a few waiver wire options out there that might have helped um, the scoring. We actually had three guys on waivers this week who placed in the top 12 in scoring overall, but we will get to that um, in a little bit as we break this week down a little more specifically. Um, Jacob, do you have any any uh, general comments before we get into the um, scoring breakdown from our fantasy matchups this week? Not really, besides uh, there's a train going by in my house right now, so I don't know if that's picking up on the audio. Hopefully that uh, dies down in a second. But um, yeah, no, let's uh, go ahead and break these scores down for us. Okay, so I will start at the top, which of course will always be my team first. This podcast, of course, has no bias in it whatsoever, but uh, team barking up the wrong T, defeated Jake's team, please study Kyler, final score 95 to 82.6. Next matchup, Brian, Tractor Taylor, lost to Jack, Burrow Hernudorus, who advanced to 6-0 by a score of 114.2 to 106.4. Big standout performer there was team namesake Joe Burrow. He posted a uh, league high for the week, 32.5 fantasy points. The next matchup featured you, Jacob. Uh, it hurts to be this pretty, 91.2. Defeated Caden's team, God Can't Save Us Now, 86.5. That was the narrowest margin of victory this week. Next up, Nutter. Team Rip Bozo fell to Instant Camara. Uh, Scott's team, 117.3 to 94.3. Uh, after that, we have Aiden, Houston Happy Endings, 119.9, defeated uh, Joe, uh, who scored 98.3 points this week. And uh, lastly, um, top score of the week, Stino scored 136.2 points and what was the largest margin of victory. He defeated Bryce's team, Lamb Bam, thank you, ma'am, uh, who only managed 82.8 points. Um, so, Jacob, what did you make of this this week of action, week six, you know, with the buys starting to settle in, we're seeing uh, the scoring come down just a bit. Yeah, it was interesting just seeing the the decline in points, but hopefully it jumps back up a little bit more. We'll see how people are affected throughout the the year with these buys. But yeah, uh, some tight matchups this week and, you know, showing who's got the depth that can kind of pull their team up and they can perform when it really counts. We are getting down in the thick of the, the woods. Teams are kind of separating the standings a little bit. Jack's pulled ahead quite a bit. So it's uh, it's been fun, and I, uh, I be- I'm i just glad to be 4-2, uh, and two, giving myself prime position for playoffs. Yeah, one interesting note on just kind of where scoring is at. I did read a stat earlier today that through six weeks, NFL scoring in general is down 22% um, over the previous season. So it's not just, 
us feeling it here in fantasy. That's actually the whole league. That scoring is down. So, you know, less people getting in the end zone means less fantasy points um, across the board. Um, just a quick rundown. This is not typically a segment we do, but I figured why not because I have the screen up. The top scores um, in week six for fantasy football off the top is two Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, both excuse me, both eclipsed 30 points this week. The only other player to do so was Stephon Diggs for the Buffalo Bills. Tyreek Hill came close. He had 29.7 points. Brandon Ayuk pulled the nice performance out against the Atlanta Falcons. He scored 28.3 with two touchdowns. Then we get to the first guy I mentioned in the top 12 who is a free agent is Deion Jackson, filling in at Indianapolis at running back position with Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor both out. He scored 28.1 points, and he actually he still remains a free agent, which is a Signal that it seems like both Taylor and Naheem Hines are on track to play this week. So Jackson will go from a one-week wonder to back on the bench. Uh, Matt Ryan, also from those Colts, scored 26.8 points. Also, another Colts player. We had three Colts right in a row. Who says that team can't score? Michael Pittman scored 26.4 points. Josh Allen, he's very familiar with being on this list, scored 26 in the big game against the Chiefs. Ramondre Stevenson, 25.1. He's compiled a few nice weeks together in the absence of Damian Harris. Mike Gesicki. The, the white guy who will continue to hit the gritty um, scored 24.9 points. He's also rumored heavily about possibly being moved at the trade deadline. That's an interesting storyline to follow. And Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for Jacksonville, 24.7. Two rushing touchdowns this week. Jacob, anybody stand out to you in that top crop of scorers this week? Uh, yeah, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, that's... Uh... He kind of feasted on the Browns' defense this week, uh, but you know there's some a couple familiar faces uh, that you know expect to be there. But uh, the the Colts obviously had a great week, so you know seeing them back, uh, some of those players back up in the top was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, it uh, you know fantasy is can be surprising week to week. You got to stay on your your feet for sure. Um, you know, we had talked about before, Jacob, about maybe just taking a minute, or actually it would be maybe more than a few minutes, actually, to, to get through what we aspire here, but just taking a look at maybe a couple players from each team um, thus far in the season that we might want to highlight and talk about just for a little bit about what they've done so far and what they might be able to contribute going forward. Do you think you'd like to get us started with that? Yeah, uh, you got a team that you want to start with? or should... Let's start with Jack, since he's the, since he's the, six and the number one. Yeah. Top dog, he goes first. Um, I'll start it off. Uh, you know, Kelsey's been a, a star for his team. He hasn't been the best tight end. Is he tight end number one? Let me see. Yeah, he is. So he's still tight end number one. It's really been a two-man race for the tight end right now. Everybody else has kind of dropped down. So it makes a lot of point to be drafting a, a tight end early. He got him in the second round, and he's been a star for his team. Uh, so Kelsey, he, he, he's keeping, he's keeping it going with, uh, without, uh, Tyree kill there. So, uh, yeah, Kelsey's been a star for him. You got somebody you're looking at from his team? Um, you know, this is somebody that we highlighted when we had, um, Jack on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Brian Robinson Jr. Obviously everybody knows the story about, um, the preseason injury with the gunshot wounds. Um, and he made his return to action week five against Tennessee, wasn't I mean it was just an incredible that he was able to play statistically wasn't wasn't a super important game for him just nine carries 22 yards this previous week though on the Thursday night football stinker which is becoming a bit of tradition now 
Um, he only managed three and a half yards to carry. He did see a pretty large work volume with 17 carries in the game, and he did find the end zone. Um, when we were talking with Jack, he, he was talking about how he thought Brian Robinson might factor into his plans as he sort of takes over that backfield from Antonio Gibson. We know that the way Jack's team is set up is, you know, he's got um, Gibson and Robinson, which roll together in the same backfield as well as um, Cook and Madison. This case, though, is a little different. It seems like Robinson is the player that that Washington wants to have going forward, but man, Washington's is in a tough spot. And now we learn that Carson Wentz is going to miss an extended amount of time. It seems like it's going to be greater than a month. It could even be close to two months, um, depending on how I think he's having surgery done on one of his fingers, potentially on the throwing hand. I don't know that for fact, because it is about Carson Wentz. So I'm sorry, but I don't really care that much to know all the specifics of his injury. I just know that he's hurt. So obviously wish him the best, but how does that team function personally? Jacob, I don't know if you remember, but a couple years ago, Taylor Heineke quarterbacked for, at the time, they might have been the Washington Redskins still when he played this game against the Buccaneers. And he was um, just really, really great. He played a really great um, postseason game. I don't know if I'm going to have, if I'm going to be able to pull it up quick enough to see exactly how good he was in that game. But he kind of shocked the world. And then he came back next year for Washington, and he wasn't in the plans for him. And he just continually hasn't been in the plans. They're going to give him one more go. Um, this is a long way to go for talking about Brian Robinson and the team, but if Jack wants Brian Robinson to be a critical point going forward, that offense is going to have to get going. It was doing okay at points with Wentz, but now with Heineke at the helm, we're going to have to see what Washington can do, if that can help Robinson or not, because he has yet to eclipse four yards per carry in either of his first two games. Um, Jacob, would you like to take a look at a another team? Yeah, uh, you got somebody in mind? Uh, should we go to the bottom of the list? Should we take a look at Nutter's team? Yeah, that sounds fine to me. I don't know if you had to degrade him by saying let's go to the bottom of the list, but yeah. Oh, well, he, he'll understand. You go from the top to the bottom. That makes that makes sense. Um, I, I just jumping right ahead. I think it's it's Russell Wilson. He's been a huge disappointment for Nutter um, throughout this year. Uh, he's even gone to the point where he dropped him. So Nutter has relooked his identity at the quarterback position probably going to be streaming it going forward you know he, he got uh geno smith who's been pretty good this year didn't perform really well last week so it kind of put him down but yeah uh the broncos just haven't been doing it russ has looked atrocious throughout this beginning part of the year so it's been bad for him going uh with it his uh lead guy and not be able to perform like that who are you looking at on his team yeah, I mean, Nutter for certainly has an interesting roster. He also, he made a trade, so kind of this is kind of two players for one. Um, he he received Darren Waller, the tight end, and Devin Singletary, the running back for Buffalo, in exchange for DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, we know, is the oft injured player for the Chargers. Did not play this most previous week, even though it seemed like he was going to be ready to go. They ultimately held him out, and Hopkins could potentially make his debut um, this week on Thursday Night Football. So we really don't know. Uh, what Caden's fully gotten out of that trade yet because those guys really haven't been able to play. But um, in terms of what Nutter got back, Darren Waller, you know, he was able to pull off this trade because obviously Waller was drafted quite high but has underperformed. You know, he's only had one game this season over 15 points. Um, He's had injury problems and he's been a little bit banged up this year at spots, which has probably slowed him down from being as productive as he can be. He also now shares a receiving or shares like receiving timeshare or what have you with Devontae Adams, which is obviously going was was probably going to put a dent in Waller's stock anyway, but you make the argument, well, 
if Devontae's drawing so much coverage, then maybe Waller gets more open. Has been the case so far. You know, they went into a bye. Uh, the Raiders are coming out of this week to play Houston. And if, you know, because when you look at Nutter's other tight end, it's Kyle Pitts. He's got two highly drafted tight ends, and neither of them have put to, neither of them. He has two tight ends, Jacob. Both guys drafted as top five tight ends, and neither have produced a game over 15 points this season. And he needs one of them to go, you know, because we think actually I would realistically say if both these guys were playing as well as they could, you could probably have one in the tight end position and almost one in the flex because the ceiling we know is super, super high for these guys. But I mean, this last week, you know, Pitts goes three catches, 19 yards, one touchdown. I don't know. Nutter just needs to start seeing um, some dividends from this trade. I think Singletary's results are promising, but on a Bills offense that has so many weapons, they're also rumored in the McCaffrey trade potentially. I don't know. I would really like to see Darren Waller start playing very well and getting to Nutter's starting lineup on a daily, on a weekly basis, like we know Waller can do. Uh, what other team would you like to take a look at, Jacob? Uh, um, why don't we why don't we take a look at your team? All right. I'll be interested you know, to hear who you point out here. This is a team that I've spent a lot of time thinking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you're sitting at three and three, so it's it's been a, a decently successful season so far. You've had some close matchups, but you're you're sitting at three and three. You're still primed for playoff positions, but um, I, I got to start with Saquon. You know, you got him at such a late point into the draft, and he's been pretty freaking good for you so far. What what is he? What, what he's he's running back too. Yeah, he's been great. Um, what's this injury? Is he uh, going to be out, or is it just no? He should be good. He was dealing with the shoulder injury, but latest report yeah. is that he's that he's all good. He's posted double digits every game this week. Uh, when he's pretty much a twenty point per game player, so you know he's a great piece for you. You got him in the second round, didn't you? So mm-hmm. you know it's been good. And then yeah, your other running back too, DeAndre Swift, been a little bit injured, but when he's out on that field, he's he's a force to be reckoned with. What yeah, are you looking I, at? What, I what's think, you, what are you, yeah. I mean, and to get really excited about my team, because I don't, my team's certainly not the most flashy, but I think for running backs, if you're into running backs, there's something to be excited about. You highlighted him. I may as well talk about him just a little bit more. DeAndre Swift. I mean, Barkley has done, done great things for me, and I'm happy to see that. And I know that a lot of people have been waiting for Barkley to get back to, to his form that he was at an earlier point in his career. But Swift is my X factor. If he can get healthy, I think the sky's the limit for my team. Um, he's just a freaky good runner. This is a guy who in the first two weeks averaged nine yards or more per carry. We were just talking about Brian Robinson can't get over four, which is not uncommon in today's NFL. He's not alone in that. That's not to single out Brian Robinson. Um, his yards per carry came down a little bit against Minnesota when he was a little more banged up. Um, he's missed three weeks, you know, he missed two games plus the bye week. So I'm hoping that he, that he's healthy. I think if he is healthy, then, then yeah, I'm going to get pretty excited about my team. But since we took a look at my team, Jacob, why don't we hop on over and take a look at your team currently sitting at four and two. Um, is there anybody you'd like to highlight before I pick my player or, um, you could go first. Um, you could pick it, dissect my team there. Honestly, I was split, but now I think I'm just going to pick this guy because this is a guy that I've talked about before, but maybe not a ton on. Damian Pierce, um, you know, it was early on that this guy in the preseason there was being talked about as he's going to be the guy for Houston. He's got um, an exciting skill set. He's going to bring something to this Houston run game that it hasn't had um, in a number of years. And man, 
He has been really excellent. This is a guy that I've watched play a lot of football this year because he's on Houston with Brandon Cooks. So I've watched him play a lot. And I can tell you for certain he's the only exciting part of Houston's offense right now. He is an extremely tough runner, and he's produced in fantasy. And he's clearly set up to be a workhorse. He's recorded 18 or more points each of the last three weeks, just is coming off of, of a bye uh, in, in week six, looking at the Las Vegas Raiders, set up for another big game. Jacob, I mean, that was a guy that you got later in the draft because there wasn't as much hype around Damian Pierce as there was with Brees Hall in terms of rookie running backs. But man, it looks like you got a really, really special guy there and a guy who could potentially contend for, for a rookie of the year with the way that he's been playing so far. Uh, who on your team would you like to highlight? Yeah, I, I will have to say I haven't started uh, uh, Pierce yet, um, so looking to get him in the lineup this week. But it's been he's been really good, so I'm hoping he can continue it. But I, I got to say Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's been very consistent throughout this year, and you know the Eagles have been really good. And, and it, it's they brought you know a lot of weapons for him so you know i wanted to take the risk with him and he's been really good so far so i'm hoping he can uh, continue it he's on bye this week so i'm i got to start marcus mariota might be switching that out for the uh before tip off but yeah no jalen hurst has impressed me i think he's really solidified my team and allowed me to get to 4 and 2 yeah, so we're kind of we're kind of bobbing and weaving in terms of there's no particular order with which we're we're going through these teams. Do you have another one that you'd like to take a look at? Um, let's take a look at Brian's team. We haven't done him yet. Tractor Taylor, we have not. Um, I think the big thing that jumps out is Tyree Kill. There's a bunch of questions coming into the season. If you know two is going to be there, is Tyree going to regress if he doesn't have Mahomes? And he's been great so far this season. Looking at his stats, he's the number three ranked wide receiver through six weeks. He's put up some monster games, uh, a 29, a 25, and a 42-point game. So, you know, he's been really good for Brian. He got him as a steal at the turn uh, in the second round. So, you know, Tyreek Hill has kind of uh, proven that he's still the guy uh, in fantasy football. He can be one of those top five, six fantasy receivers. Who are you looking at? Yeah, the interesting point on Hill is, you know, through six weeks and we're still early in the season, he's playing, he's statistically on pace for his best season that he's ever played. And and we remember how many memorable and really great years he had, both statistically and for fantasy in Kansas City. So it really says there's something special about him as a player and, and what's been going on there in Miami. Um, the guy that you have to look at here is is this year's number one draft pick. It's or in fantasy that is Jonathan Taylor, not the actual. Granted, that was a defense player, but beside the point, Jonathan Taylor just hasn't hasn't been uh, what Brian signed up for. You know, a number one unanimous pick. You're supposed to get a guy who just delivers weekly results. He got 30 points in week one. Great. It looked like everything was off to a great start. He had a super high workload. Found the end zone. Was still efficient with those yardage. Uh, you know, 5.2 yards of carry. Then the usage went way down. Only nine carries in week two, managed just seven points. Against Kansas City, the carries jump back up, but the efficiency goes down. 21 carries, only 3.4 yards per carry. And then in week four against Tennessee, his use or his efficiency is the worst it's been all year. 20 carries, 42 yards, 2.1 yards per carry. Um, he's had some receiving volume to help him a little bit, um, but there just hasn't been a ton. And then injury 
injury creeps in. He misses the Denver game. He misses the Jacksonville game. It's said that he's on pace to play this week in Tennessee. So the last time he was healthy was against Tennessee at home, and he had one of his worst efficiencies um, of the year. He actually had his worst efficient running game of the year at 2.1 yards per carry. So now he matches up against Tennessee again. It's a team that knows him very well. It's a division rival in Tennessee. You know, for Brian to get things trending in a in the right direction to really ramp up for playoffs, he needs Taylor to get right. And uh, it looks like it might be a tough matchup ahead, but if Taylor can come through, then I think Brian can start feeling good about where um, about the things Taylor's going to be able to do for him going forward. Um, what team would you like to pick next, Jacob? Uh, let's just jump over to Caden's team. He's We haven't done him yet, right? Right. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he would say a disappointing season to start. He's put up the lo- lowest amount of points, one in five. Uh, but, you know, he's made some trades, kind of put him in his position to make this uh, last run here. You know, he brought in Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, brought in Chris Godwin um, uh, and Dak Prescott. So, you know, he's got a good starting lineup going forward. Um, and, you know, these guys are all starting to come back. So those are some, those are the players, you know, these additions that I think Caden is going to be a team that's going to be fight for a playoff spot. Hopefully he isn't sitting on the, um, this, this uh, early record doesn't hurt him, but, the, definitely those trade accusations is I want to see you how they can do for his team. Yeah, let's go from the trade acquisitions to the guy he also picked in the first round, Najee Harris. You know, you talk about the first round picks this year and a couple running backs have have definitely underperformed thus far. Najee Harris, like Jonathan Taylor, although not drafted similarly in terms of where the value was, but under we've seen what we talked about because we talked about Najee a lot this year and I do think he's worth talking about a lot because I think he's an interesting case study um the floor is pretty good and unfortunately for Caden he's seen a lot of floor this year you know we were talking about with Nutter's team that he has two tight ends that were drafted as top tight ends who haven't managed to get above 15 points um Najee Harris has not gotten above 15 points this year and he's scored two touchdowns you know I I kind of have this this logic it actually brings me back just for a brief story time here. It was a Monday night football game. Um, I forget the exact score ramifications. All I wanted was to really not get out of the gauntlet because I was pretty sure I was going to lose the game. I was trailing by like 25, I, th- I think 30 points maybe. But I had Barkley left. So, you know, X-Factor player, maybe. It could happen. And when I was talking to my dad about what I, the likelihood and what I had, and, you know, and he was asking me, well, what, how many yards does Barkley need or how many catches or whatever, I said, you know, well, once he gets a touchdown, then we can start talking. Right, because that's when really great players get to really great places. They get in the end zone and they add on all those other stats they have. Where it gets troublesome is when you add a touchdown and you score 10.6 points total. Or you get a touchdown and you score 12.9 points total. That's where it becomes, how do we get this guy to the next level? Um, It's been six weeks. That's a pretty good sample size in the NFL. Kenny Pickett's still young. He's played two games with Kenny Pickett technically a game and a half because Pickett did get knocked out of the Tampa Bay game with a concussion and actually he came in late to the Buffalo game I believe so actually I guess he may play maybe one cobbled together game with Pickett so we can still see where that leads because it seems like Pickett might be able to do some things for that offense but like you said it's been a really tough start for Caden and unfortunately he can't help I think but look at Najee Harris the number one pick who's done very little to help push his team over the edge um who do you have up next, Jacob? Uh, let's let's run over to Scotty Cut. Have we uh, 
We haven't talked about him yet. So no, yeah, not. yeah. He went running back, running back early with the Mixon Camara at the end of the draft. There, uh, looking into Mixon, um, you know the Bengals have kind of struggled. Uh, he's sitting at running back twelve, and you know he's had some decent games, but some some not so decent ones. He's put up plus ten points in five of the six weeks, um, twenty one in week one. But you know he's failed to kind of. Uh, reach the end zone consistently it's it's looking like he's only hit the end zone twice uh throughout this year and i think that was a big reason why he was he was a star last year he was able to get in the end zone and uh really put up some good fantasy points but you know he's he's been solid uh definitely could have grabbed some worse players up in this uh beginning round but i don't know maybe he might be wanting to have like a jamar chase or uh deandre hopkins or uh not deandre hopkins uh Vegas wide receiver, Devontae um, Adams. Adams, yeah, uh, in that position. But, you know, he's still been a solid player for him and has been able to kind of keep his team in position and be 3-3 three and three, uh, with the, within the pack of this, this playoffs. But so, yeah, Joe Mixon's been solid, but not what Scott really wanted from him, getting him in the first round. You know, Jacob, I think it's fair. You said, you know, Scott went running back, running back, a similar strategy to myself. Um, so let's talk about that other running back that was taken, Alvin Kamara, um, which is interesting because he got good. It, it's Honestly, there are definitely similarities between Scott and I early in the draft. He got good value in Kamara because there was this pending investigation slash court ruling looming over his head. What does that mean for Kamara? Pushed him out of the first round. You know, maybe he was going to slide later in the first round without it, but it certainly didn't help his draft stock at all. So Scott got pretty good um, value there. And the start wasn't what you'd hope because he missed two games in the first four weeks. And in the two games he played, he had seven points uh, in each game. So just 14 total. Now, the last two weeks, things have been trending in a much more positive direction for Kamara. The usage has been absolutely fantastic. He's recorded 19 or more carries each of the last two games. He's had six catches in each of the last two games. But the issue, like you brought up with Mixon, is end zone. Unlike Mixon, Kamara has not found the end zone at all this year. But, see, this is where we get into talking about special players. That, Like we were just talking about Najee Harris, who's found the end zone twice this year. Kamara has two games that are vastly higher than any Najee Harris game in terms of point total. And he didn't find the end zone in either one of them. So you talk about this was a second round pick guy who's able to deliver such solid usage numbers that really boost his floor up. I mean, he's such a dynamic threat in the receiving game, and he has the ability to make really special plays on the ground. But enter the touchdown vulture Taysom Hill, who's doing all kinds of crazy things for that New Orleans offense, has really, really damaged that um, that total upside for Kamara. I mean, if he was finding the end zone on plays where Taysom Hill comes in to wildcat run it in, or I don't even know what you call it with Taysom Hill, because technically he's a quarterback, so is a wildcat, is it a I don't know what you call the play. It's Taysom Hill running into the end zone play, which he does often whenever he touches the ball. Um, but still really promising. Scott, I think going forward, Kamara starts finding the end zone a little more frequently, and he's got two running back ones, really, when you think about it. If, if Mixon's usage is high enough, he's not quite as dynamic of a playmaker as Kamara, but he does have some receiving volume to go along with it. We know that Cincinnati offense has a lot of mouths to feed, but if these guys are right in finding the end zone fairly often and Kamara's usage stays up and he stays healthy, that's a really dynamic running back duo. Uh, what team would you like to take a look at next, Jacob? Let's jump over to Aiden's team. Um, 
you know, he had a pretty opposite strategy to you and Scott going into it. He went wide receiver, wide receiver. He got Cup and Samuel. Then he attacked the running back position in the, those mid rounds, going with Brees Hall, AJ Dillon, J.K. Dobbins, James Robinson, uh, just to name a few of his guys there. And, you know, his team uh, kind of struggled out of the gate, but he's been kind of on the shoulders of Cooper Cup and uh, Debo Samuel. So those two guys, you know, have really cemented his team. Uh, and they've been pretty impressive, you know, uh, Cooper cup, looking at the number two wide receiver right now, um, put up solid games, thirties in the first two, and then kind of trickled down to a 15 point game, but then back up to 25. So, you know, he, he's putting up double digits every week for him. And he, he looks like he's the only guy on the Rams that is really like any fancy value as of right now. Um, but We'll see how that goes as, you know, the Rams are going to try to string together some wins and try to make these playoffs. But they, they had that get-right game against uh, Carolina last week, so we'll see how they go moving forward. Who are you looking at? Yeah, let's take a look at Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aiden drafted him, and he also ended up with Deshaun Watson at the very back end of the draft due to his um, suspension and what have you, but he needs... Rodgers to get him to the point where Watson could play, which is still a ways away yet. And Rodgers has been extremely, extremely underwhelming. People have kind of been on the outs on him as a fantasy player the last couple of years, but this year, Jacob, it's a it's a little alarming. A, the interceptions are up. I don't have his total numbers in front of me. I'd have to do manual math, but it looks like he has nine touchdowns and three interceptions, which is not horrendous. He's also fumbled three times. I can't tell if those are lost fumbles or not or how that breaks down ultimately but he's been turned over the football right i look at his fantasy page here it says three picks three fumbles and he's thrown nine touchdowns even more concerning than that is he's never thrown for more than 200 255 yards jacob is his season high passing yardage we're looking at and, and the issue is not like um justin fields because this guy's thrown the ball he's thrown it 35 or more times each of the last four weeks and in those weeks, he's generated 16 points, 16 points, 17 points, 12 points. So there's some floor there. But we're not seeing those kind of games where Rodgers just owns. Three touchdowns, 300 yards. You know, just owns. I'm not saying that because Rodgers wasn't drafted as a guy who was going to be Jalen Hurts for you, right? Where it's the consistent, explosive ability to score a ton of fantasy points. But with Rodgers, you're expecting to take a guy who has a decent floor because he generally passes he's a very accurate passer he doesn't throw over the ball that type of stuff but every couple of weeks against a good opponent or an opponent that matches up well for rogers you know a weak pass defense or what have you and boomy splashes but no 20 point performances through the first six weeks is a little alarming i don't really expect this packers offense to get drastically better i think time and chemistry will help but let's just keep in mind that um if i was to look here and watson he's going to be back against houston which is week 13 so Aiden needs a lot of Rodgers to bridge that gap. We're talking about that's end of season. That's if you're in the playoffs, that, that might be when playoffs start. I don't know off the top of my head. But basically, Rodgers needs to be his quarterback for the regular season. And, and we really haven't been convinced by, what, by what's been put out there. He draws three straight road matchups against Washington, Buffalo, and Detroit. We're going to have to see how Rodgers can fare outside the friendly com, confines of Lambeau Field. Who do you got next, Jacob? Let's take a look over at Joe's team. Um, you know, he's sitting at two and four, so it has been a great start to his team. But he's got some players that can really make some some noise. Uh, 
definitely with uh, the Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs uh, duo, the combo package right there, the handcuff, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Diggs, number one wide receiver in fantasy so far, um, put up some solid numbers. He's, you know, had a down game, 10 point, 10 point two, but that's still decent. You know, it's not what you're looking for, but you know, he's put up a 30 point game of 24, 44, 26. His teams look, uh, Diggs has looked good. The Bills are legit this year. They took down the Kansas City Chiefs last week in a in a you you would hope it'd be a bigger shootout for fantasy value, but you know these two guys, uh, Allen and Diggs, were able to come through thirty points and then twenty six points for Allen. So yeah, Joe's got a, a solid squad, uh, and he's hoping to kind of get back on track. But Bills are on bye next week, so you know I'm going up against him. So I'm happy about that. Um, so you know he's going to have to figure out what to do with that situation. Who are you looking at on his team? Well, the tough news that Joe got was that Javante Williams was going to miss the remainder of the year after uh, his week four injury at Las Vegas. Now, Javante wasn't doing exceptionally great things, not to talk ill of the injured, but before that point. But now it becomes a matter of how does Joe get beyond that? He's got a fantastic running back one in Nick Chubb, but how does he supplement We've seen Michael Carter get carries taken away by Brees Hall. Tony Pollard still is is not the man in Dallas. In spots, he's good, for sure, but he's still sharing with Ezekiel Elliott. So you look at, this is a team that really lacks anybody that's kind of solidly in the RB2 range. We're talking about guys who you could pick the week and get lucky if they find the end zone. But that's really troublesome because I'm not really worried about his receiver depth as much because, like you mentioned, Diggs can probably carry that himself. And you could argue Chubb could carry the running backs himself. But I'm a little less convinced because we've seen that the Browns as a team leave leave a lot to be desired. Um, so I would just be worried about how do you supplement that running back. It looks like each week Joe's just going to have a decision on his hand because I don't really see Michael Carter stepping out of Brees Hall anymore. Uh, people have been making the argument what feels like for years now that Tony Pollard is going to be the guy in Dallas. It's just still the usage hasn't been the case. Um, and then he's got Isaiah Spiller, you know, who who's, you know, hasn't recorded a single stat all year. Yeah, he should probably be dropped and, and Joe should probably look to, to get someone else to drum up some competition in that running back room. Who else should we take a look at, Jacob? Let's jump over to Jake's team. You know, he started out four and two. Um, his teams look solid. Took a tough L this week. You know, he had a couple guys on by Devonta Adams and Derrick Henry, but he made it. He made an early trade. Um, he went into the draft. Uh, he grabbed Devonta Adams and Jamar Chase. Uh, he didn't like how uh, Chase was looking at the beginning of the season, so he went over, grabbed himself a, the, a number one running back, Derrick Henry. Um, so yeah. But, you know, Devontae Adams is somebody I would like to point out here. You know, a lot of questions coming into the year. Uh, could he still be kind of the guy? He's he's only the number eight ranked uh, wide receiver right now. But, you know, he hit his bye already. Um, and, you know, Las Vegas hasn't been that great. But he's kind of been able to put it together. 30-point game in his first week. Uh, a 9.2 in week two. Then he jumped back up to 14.2 and then 19.5. And then a 27.4 against the Chiefs in week five. So, you know, he's he's been solid for him. There, there's big questions going into the year, like is he going to be the same? And I think Devontae's still that guy. Derek Carr loves throwing him the ball, um, you know, 17 targets. He's been plus seven targets every game. Um, 
getting double digits in three of those weeks. So he's been a good guy for uh, Jake's team, and it allowed him to kind of go get that running back that he needed. Uh, he didn't need to worry about having Chase on his team. So, yeah, Devontae's been a stud for Jake so far. Jacob, let's also take a look at Kyler Murray because Kyler is an interesting case. He signed the huge contract in the offseason. We know that the skill set Kyler possesses is very capable of putting him right up top with somebody like Jalen Hurts in terms of where they're producing fantasy-wise. Now, so far through six weeks, he's been missing his favorite weapon, DeAndre Hopkins. He's coming back this week. That's going to change a little bit. The other interesting thing to notice there is a very direct correlation between Arizona playing really good football and not playing really good football. And that correlation is how much Kyler runs the ball. In theory, the more he runs it, the better Arizona's chance are to win. So what's the problem with that is that Kyler hasn't run a ton this year. He's had four games where he's carried the ball five times or less. However, in the last three weeks, he's had two games where he's carried it 10 times or more. And that you know, who really cares if Arizona wins the game or not, right? For fantasy, who really cares? They may as well be down 49 to nothing and Kyler's trying to get back in the game. But for fantasy, that builds a really, really extremely solid floor because if you talk about a guy who's carrying the ball 10 times a game and he's getting all those rushing yards, building up that base, but we need to see the passing for Kyler come alive and we need to see the touchdown production come alive. He's not been getting a ton of touchdown passes or rushing touchdowns. It's kind of here and there. Um, so if he can build up that yardage with DeAndre Hopkins coming back, find a few more passing touchdowns. They traded for Robbie Anderson, so we will have to make of that what we will. Um, Marquise Brown missing time certainly seems like a negative. It seemed like the chemistry they built up and the way Marquise Brown was heading paired with DeAndre coming back would really make it an exciting offense. But somehow Marquise Brown literally goes down the week before DeAndre comes back. That's just how football seems to go sometimes. But I would look toward Kyler for bridging Jake into the playoffs if he can get into that really elite territory of just 20 plus points each week uh what other team do we got to take a look at Jacob let's jump over to Bryce's team um you know looking at his team he's two and four so far so you know being the champ he was hoping to get off to a better start but uh hasn't been able to get into the win column as much as he would like um you know and I think a lot of that kind of falls with you know Herbert hasn't been the greatest what he wanted him to be he's he's ranked eight but he's been struggling past two weeks 14.1 8.1 you know he's got the injury the the rib injury so it's probably been hurting him throughout the year but um herbert hasn't been what bryce was looking for when he drafted him in that uh, probably third or fourth uh quarterback off the board so you know you were hoping i don't even know where he went but somewhere in that range you you were hoping he would be putting up bigger numbers for you but yeah hopefully he could get healthy kind of you know with Keen Allen coming back he can maybe string together some better some better games but that that off that entire team's injured all over the place so the Chargers are a question mark going forward who else are you looking at here Johnny yeah Jacob I don't think we can go without mentioning another Los Angeles football player I know Bryce is probably annoyed about hearing about and having to think about this guy so often but Cam Akers Cam Akers was drafted to be Bryce's RB2. And as of right now, he's not even the Rams RB2. You know, this guy is in perpetual limbo. Now, there is a chance that he gets an ultimate bailout. Either he figures out whatever his situation is 
and is able to come back and play football for the Rams, take over a leading role in the Rams offense, and finally add a second dimension to that offense because the Rams offense is so deeply in need of a second dimension. Or he gets dealt to a new location, fresh scenery, brightens him up, gets used maybe in a fashion that he would rather be used in, plays on an offense that can accommodate him a little bit better, and he takes off. Now, if those don't happen, because it's getting a little hard to get super optimistic, but I still do believe in Cam as the player. You've had pleasant production from Miles Sanders. For the most part, in a number of weeks, he's given you pretty decent running back two numbers, so he can fill in there. But the issue for Bryce is, is that really the position he wants to be in? Does he feel comfortable going with Miles Sanders as an RB2, and how does he deal with the Cam Akers situation? Does he let it hang over his head? Does he look to release him outright? Does he, you know, how does he move on from this? Because when you look beyond um, Miles Sanders and Cam Akers, you know, he just rostered Latavius Murray. And that's a whole other situation to talk about Jacob and Denver. I don't know what's going on with that running back situation. Apparently now Melvin's the starter again after Latavius carried it 15 times. Um, so how does Bryce struggle with that, that running back core? Eckler is studly. You know, he doesn't have to worry about him, but he's got to fill that RB2 slot um, if he really wants to, to turn this team around. Um, who else should we take a look at, Jacob? All right, I think it's the last team that we got to look at. Uh, Stino's team, he's coming on the pod later. Um, shortly here, we're going to be able to break it down a little more. But, you know, just to kind of quickly look into, like, who's really been able to pop off for him because you know he started out out uh 0-2 now he's 4-2 and so he's the hottest team right now he did trade away uh Derrick Henry's first overall pick brought in Jamar Chase but you know Andrews has been a stud for him he's been tight end too um and then you know the the, the tight end uh having that edge over the other guy uh that you're matching up against week by week you know is it's it's <coughs> sorry uh it's been kind of important to how his team performs yeah he's always got that advantage and that's what you get when you draft a tight end that early he went out and dealt that trade which boosted his team um so yeah mark andrews has been a key part to uh stino's success these four weeks yeah so you know you make the interesting point he deals henry bona fide rb1 and Stino finds out that actually he's got a couple other RB1s on the team. At least that's the way they've been playing so far. Both Jacobs and Fournette are both top 10 running backs at their position currently. Um, now, here's the thing, Jacob. Leonard Fournette, Fat Lenny, as he's so affectionately known as, I kind of believe in because receiving volume. This is a guy who's caught six or more passes each of the last three weeks. I can believe in that. Josh Jacobs, I'm going to have a little bit of a harder time believing in. Now, he's where he's at, ranked in the running back-wise, even after his bye week, because of two straight 30 fantasy point games, which is incredible. That's really, really great. His usage was good. His receiving numbers were up three weeks in a row with five catches. My question is, does it keep going? Because in all the years that Jacob that Jacobs has been there for the Raiders it feels like he's never really been able to just put together a run a stretch where he's just consistently finding the end zone getting the carries catching footballs you know it seems like they almost get antsy feet and the offense has to go somewhere else but if Jacobs keeps producing not obviously at a 30 point per game clip but at a, a clip of where he's an RB1 
So de facto, Steno's got two RB1s because I expect Fournette to keep playing the way he has. This team and the amount of, you know, Steno's had a couple of huge weeks, um, this leading scorer, scoring tons of points. It seems like it might be legit because having Chase now, and you didn't you don't even miss Henry because of the production you got from running backs is great. But if we start to see Jacobs falter, then maybe we start to see Steno kind of fall back um, toward the middle ground. So Jacob, does that that wraps up all twelve teams in our? our I look believe through? so. Let me do one last walkthrough so we don't miss anybody. We did me. We did Caden. We did Brian. We did Jack, Nutter, Scott, Aiden, Joe, you, Jake, Steno. Bryce, we hit them all. All right, hopefully you guys enjoyed us breaking down your teams, seeing who's been your star or kind of been ruin, uh, ruining your season so far. Um, thought it was fun to get into that there. Any last thoughts on any of these guys throughout the this beginning fantasy league? You know, Jacob, I kind of got a newfound appreciation taking the time to look through each team. You know, I realized record-wise some guys are already in a tougher spot. It's not over for anyone yet. Um but there's most guys have some good players, some players that can really turn a corner. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of can you get through injuries and can you overcome, um, you know, injuries in your lineup? You know, what I mean? do you have enough depth on your team? That's what we see time and time again throughout the year is do you have enough depth to get by? And that's really going to start to get put to the test with bye weeks plus injuries going forward. Yeah. Um, but besides all that, are you ready to get into the Stino interview? We could talk to him uh, and then uh, do our uh, top three breakdown, uh, whatever you want to call it. You ready? I'm I'm ready. Let's bring bring Stino on. All right, we welcome on a very special guest. We got Stino back on the pod. He's one of the hottest team. He is the hottest team in the league. He made some adjustments after going zero and two, and he's been looking good. Stino, how the hell are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty great, honestly. Uh, team's looking pretty solid. Uh, keep being the, the top scorer. I think that's the, the third time I've been top scorer last week. And uh, everything's looking up. Looking like I'm in a good spot for uh, for a playoff run. Yeah, uh, I think you and me, you have three top scores. I, I'm going to make it about myself real quick. I, I got two of them. You kind of took that thrown for me. But, yeah, you've been looking really good. Um just real quick, uh, wh- why don't you have any of your players in right now? Is this like a strategy you're looking at right now? Uh, so th- I don't have any players in my team right now, and it's not really like a a strategy per se, like for anyone else in the league. It's more of a I don't know who exactly I want to play, but if I like put players in, I'll be like constantly switching and changing them out back and forth, and it'll just give me like a headache. But like if I don't put anyone in until like it's the last second, then I don't feel as bad if I pull a player that like does well and like oh you sat the wrong guy kind of thing. It's like oh like I never I never like flip flopped on the decision kind of thing. So it's it's a mental yeah, thing. Yeah, it kind of clean slate. You know, you could just analyze everything. I see. Uh, Johnny, you wanna kick us off with some questions for Stino? Yeah, I mean I think obviously Stino talking about the trade. And where it has you at right now is pretty interesting. So obviously picking up Jamar Chase is is huge. But the other thing in that trade, you basically exchange two wide receiver two slash flex type guys. Devontae Smith is who you got, and in return, uh, you traded away um, Brandon Ayuk. 
Um, now that we are a couple weeks removed from that trade, how do you feel about um, the stuff that Devontae Smith has done versus the stuff that Brandon Ayuk's done? Do you think that you made the right call to swap those players out? Uh, yeah, I'd say uh, in my mind at least, like uh, points-wise, I know that the, the trade – uh, for most of the weeks, I've been sort of looking at how the points uh, went between like both players. It's been honestly pretty even between uh, Jake and I, like in terms of both players and like what they're doing every week. But uh, with Brandon Ayuk, I've had him. I had him his first year. I had him a little bit last year until I dropped him, and then I had him this year for like the first two games. And realistically, he's just never someone that I would like start. Because I, I'd seen him play and I sort of knew what he was going to do. So I was never really happy with his performances. And so that's kind of why, like, when that trade came together, uh, Jake was the one who brought up Ayuk. And I didn't even, like, have a second thought about just trading him away. Uh, and Devontae Smith was uh, one of two people that Jake uh, uh, tried to, like, offer me or tried to package in there. I think. The other one was like ETN as the second person in that trade, but uh, I kind of let him pick that himself, and he went with Devonte Smith. And honestly, uh, I expected him to to put up like around like his second game, he had like 15 points, and so I was expecting him just like coming around like the 10 range, like upper tens. But yeah, I think he's been pretty solid, and I definitely say I'm more confident in starting him than Brandon Ayuk so it really helps with just me having a consistent lineup plus the Eagles are just like 10 times better than the 49ers so it kind of helps the players on their team as well yeah and I think it brings up um, another interesting point because things have been trending very much in the positive direction for your team, but there was one um, setback this week. You know, Marquise Brown did suffer the foot injury and he's expected to miss a significant amount of time. He had just seemed to cement himself as a really high level fantasy player. You know, he doesn't have a single game this year um, under 10 fantasy points. So things were, were certainly trending in the right direction for him, his chemistry with Kyler Murray. Now with Marquise Brown set to miss time, do you think that wide receiver two position is kind of just going to be a play it week by week, see if you can find the right matchup, or how do you plan on attacking that position? Um, Yeah, now that uh, Marquise is going to be out, I think they said like six weeks. I've seen four some places, but I hope they don't like rush him in to like, where he gets injured or anything. But... Uh, right now, I'm just going to hold him pretty much until the playoffs. Hopefully, like I can make the playoffs and get in. And I see my wide receivers right now as uh, Jamar's obviously going to be like a starter every week. And then Devontae, he is on bye this week, so I'm going to have to dig a little deeper. But I expect to sort of start him every other pretty much every week as well so it would mostly just be the like flex spot where i'd be looking at different guys and i feel like uh i have a few guys that can fill in but uh i'll definitely lose some of the uh high scoring i think due to hollywood being out because he i think he was like six highest wide receiver i don't know i can check or he was ranked fifth in terms of scoring. And so, yeah, that 
that kind of uh, pissed me off last week because the play, like the entire game, the Cardinals were just playing like absolute trash. And then the play was like a jump ball at the end where Kyler just threw up a terrible pass and then got picked and he got landed on. So I was pretty angry at that just because uh, there's like no reason for it to happen. And honestly, I think that uh, with the Cardinals and uh, DeAndre coming back, that it could actually help Hollywood out even more just so there's another target and he can try to be open for more deep balls or something. But yeah, I think uh, I'll definitely have to sort of analyze matchups and think about what I'm going to do uh, a lot more than I previously was doing, where it was kind of a set and forget thing. Yeah, that is always the unfortunate part. You see a player start to really start playing well, and then an injury brings him down, and it can be really hard for guys to ever get back to that level again. Uh, Jacob, what questions do you have for Stino? Yeah, looking more big picture, you know, uh, looking at your schedule so far throughout the year, you know, you t- you face Jack, who's been the number one team so far throughout the year in week one. But now you've kind of hit a schedule that's been pretty favorable for you. Uh, your next four upcoming games, you got three, three, you got Johnny three and three, uh, a one and five team, and a three and three and a three and three team. Um, looking into this, uh, it's it's going to be your easier part of the schedule. Are you are you uh, Worried about some of these teams coming up. Um, if if uh, your teams can perform, if you're going to be hitting some bye week hell there, or uh, you could be looking at a really good record going forward. Um, are any of these matchups with you know uh, Johnny Nutter, uh, Brian and Scott? Is there is there a team in there that you're most concerned about? Or are you looking for a four and zero here and winning eight straight? Um, I'd say for the most part. Uh... Besides, like, the, like, current week and the next week after it, I'm not really looking too much at, like, the opponent and sort of what they're going to do or how I think they'll perform just because I feel like fantasy is just, like, so random at the end of the day. But I I definitely think that uh, uh, looking at, like, who you're playing and, like, what buys they'll have and what buys you have is like important and stuff like that. So I haven't really uh, looked at the like next like three upcoming matchups, but I have looked a little bit at this week and Johnny's team. So uh, I feel like this week, honestly, it will probably be a harder week for me because uh, I have to do a lot of strange things with my lineup because I'll have... Uh, Kirk Cousins is on bye this week for me, and uh, Devontae's on bye, uh, Devontae Smith, and also the Eagles defense. So I'm going to have to do some last-minute waiver magic to get things through here. And hopefully I can make the best out of it. But I actually think that uh, this week will be somewhat difficult for my team. Looking ahead, I see Nutter. Uh, I'm not sure how his team's doing. They really haven't been great. So that one probably wouldn't uh, scare me as much. Uh, Tractor Taylor's been pretty solid, and if he gets his number one overall pick back, or he should be back by then, uh, he should be pretty good as well. 
yeah, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm super confident in uh, a lot of these matchups. I think a lot of the people in the league have good teams, and they're just not having guys uh, hit big scoring plays. And uh, I feel like I've been sort of lucky where the few times there are a lot of touchdowns or a lot of scores, I've had the people that are having them. But I saw there was like a, a stat where it was like, this we like a lot of people were uh, confused at like why their teams were so bad, and the stat was like the offenses in the NFL have just been like underperforming like super like greatly, and I feel like things will probably bounce back a little bit for a lot of the people that have struggled. So yeah, right now I'm just trying to manage my my buys and hopefully. Uh, try to stop my opponents from grabbing any good guys that they might be looking to get. Yeah. Um, that was a really loaded question I sent at you there. You know, I was all over the place, but you answered that really well. Um, it's important to kind of look at it week by week, um, making sure you can pull through and not be looking too far ahead. But, you know, it is a favorable schedule. You could be looking at eight and two going into it and then your back half of the schedule would you would could say is harder because you're facing three of the top four teams so but you know week by week uh johnny what else you got for uh stino here um yeah well i think you know stino you pointed out a good point it's actually something that we had on early in this episode where we talked about that NFL offenses are down across the board and also the fact that a lot of guys do have good teams but maybe just things haven't lined up guys having good weeks just haven't been able to correspond with one another um is there any team in the league right now that has underperformed thus far in the season and you think will be able to turn it around in the second half um yeah i think uh i think there are definitely some teams that haven't been at their highest that could be i think caden's team it's one of those teams where like on paper, like he has a lot of good guys that uh, can come back. Like I know Keenan, he tried to for and DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like those two guys could sort of totally swing things around. Uh, yeah, Chris Godwin as well in a trade. So I, I honestly think uh, of any teams that could possibly come back in the second half of the season to do uh, make it like a playoff run or anything. I feel like I put Caden sort of at the top because uh, out of the majority of the teams, he's made the most moves to try to sort of improve himself. And I think he's he's sort of gathered the most potential in upcoming players. It's just to, to see whether or not they actually fulfill what they should be able to do. But yeah, I think I think Caden has got the, uh, the best shot of making a uh, late season comeback. That would certainly be fun to see. Obviously, Caden currently sits at 1-5, and five, so he does have some digging to do. But like you said, fantasy can be weird, and there's certainly players on his team that if they can all line up together, he his roster can compete with just about any team um, in the league. Jacob, unless you have any more um, fantasy-related questions for Stino, I know that you do have a pretty spicy um, top three plan for us. Do you have anything else before we get into that? No, I, I don't have anything else. All right, why don't you take us off then, Captain? All right, so for our top three this week, uh, we're going to go with uh, the coolest slash the best uh, melee 
slash swords uh, for a battle. Um, it's it's a it's a long topic, but I think it's a pretty interesting one. You know, uh, I was a big fan of uh, Deadliest Warrior on Spike TV when I was a kid. Got to really see some some cool weapons showcased there. So you know, I think that might be where some of the inspiration is being drawn. But um, I think we do this how we've been doing it. It's changed up a little bit since you were on Steno. We'll do a little draft. Um, not really draft. We could take the same things if we want, but we'll go. We'll start with our threes. Uh, either you guys want to. Take kick it off with their third uh, spot. Stino, I, I will. Uh, you being the guest, I will let you take the lead if you'd like. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd say. So when I was thinking about this, there were sort of two main things that came to me. So three was like I was thinking, what's like a good, uh, like all-purpose kind of thing? I was thinking of like video games and stuff. And uh, number three, I'd go with like just a a classic baseball bat. Uh, I think a baseball bat's pretty solid. Plus, uh, just on its own, it's it's pretty sturdy. If you get like a metal one compared to like a wood one, but you can uh, you can add some attachments to it. Like uh, you can wrap some wire around it. Uh, it's got a lot of potential outside of just being like a, a little stick of metal or a stick of wood. So I'd I'd say baseball bat is definitely my my third choice. Baseball bat is definitely very respectable yeah jacob when you feel that this top three to me i was a little bit lost this isn't um an area that i thought about very much but if i had to give it some thought so background on me people don't know is i am a big fan of horror movies so it seemed like you know a lot of horror movies i watch there's some big badass dude with a mask on that uses some kind of melee weapon to take somebody out and nobody comes to mind more in terms of being more effective with killing people in their movies or killing a greater quantity of people than Jason Voorhees from the Friday the 13th series. He's got something in the ballpark of like 165 kills across, uh, I believe it's 12 different movies now. So that that's a pretty impressive total. I think, you know, he has something going on. Now, Jason does use a lot of different weapons in his movies. It's not always one, but if there was one weapon to be most associated with Jason, it would be his trusty machete. So for my number third pick, I will take uh, a machete. What do you got, Jacob? Yeah, uh, my coming at my number three spot. Uh, you know, they're one of the coolest weapons out there. You got to be pretty skilled to wield them. But uh, some nunchucks. You know, if you see just some badass with some nunchucks flinging them around their head. Um, you know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, who used them? Uh, Mike. Mike. Mikey. Yeah, Mike. Michelangelo. He's fu- he's one of the coolest. Uh, you know, comic relief there. You know, so. Pretty sick nunchucks. If I saw a dude coming at with nunchucks and he knew how to use them, I'd be pretty scared. I might piss my pants. So <laughs> nunchucks are my number three spot. Stino, what you got your number two? Yeah, in a similar vein, uh, when I was thinking of weapons, I also thought of uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I was like, uh, what, what is the best weapons from that? And I was thinking of... Uh, the characters my favorite character was a uh, Raphael so I'd have to go with his weapons I didn't know what they were called so I looked it up they're apparently called a uh, size and uh, I don't know what they do or exactly like how they work outside of just watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles they probably weren't used correctly but uh, they do look pretty cool <laughs> They are pretty fucking sick as fuck. Um, a cool name, too. I didn't know the name of them, so that, that adds some value for them. 
for sure. <laughs> Johnny, what you got two? At number two. Okay, so a departure from horror movies. I was racking my mind just a little bit further, thinking about, as Steno mentioned, into the video game world. Um, one of the games I love to watch on YouTube and that I also love to play was Dead Rising 2, which had all kinds of crazy batshit weapons. Um, so this is technically a melee weapon, and it's also kind of horror-themed in a sense when you think about the combination. But they have the knife gloves in Dead Rising 2, which is a, bo- a red boxing glove, those ones that you always see in the movies, and then he just tapes knives to it. So he's kind of like de facto Wolverine, maybe a little Freddy Krueger, what have you. So for number two, I'm going to go ahead and take the knife gloves from Dead Rising 2. What do you got, Jacob? That's pretty, that's pretty badass right there. I didn't didn't even think about those. <laughs> Um, but my number two, uh, we're going to hit The Walking Dead real quick. Uh, I was a big fan of The Walking Dead, kind of fell off of it once I got into college, but I'm going to go with, uh, Lucille, uh, Negan's baseball bat that's wrapped in barbed wires. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, you know, used it on some of the good guys, you know, took out Abraham and, uh, Glenn made him a real big villain there, but it was kind of badass. Uh, Negan was in love with his baseball bat. So Lucille's uh, my number two spot. What you got for us, Stino, for your number one? Okay, so the number one, when you mentioned the topic at first, this was the first thing that came to my mind. And uh, it's a great weapon, and I only knew about it from playing RuneScape back in the day. I have no idea if I'm saying it correctly, but it's it's got to be the the shimitar. It's like a a sword. If you played RuneScape, you probably know what it is, but that was my my all-time favorite weapon back in the day when we were playing RuneScape and you like everyone's got basic swords and stuff. And you got this like weird like curved looking sword. I don't remember like what the the ores were, but I'm pretty sure there was like a green one you could get. Uh, Adamant, I think, was what they called it. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but I remember I'd always rock the, the green shimitar. And uh, I have no idea how good the sword is, actually, but that was one one of the ones that came to my mind and definitely my favorite. That is a very solid choice. I'll be honest, I have little or no idea what it is, but you painted a nice picture there, Stino. I don't. You guys don't know what skim. You don't know what a skimitar is. Runescape, Jacob. Did you not play Runescape? Completely beyond me. But um, all right, all right. Yeah, your, well, you're the you're the melee here. expert. Okay, so my number one pick, <laughs> good pick there, Stino. Um, is I feel like this is this is kind of an obvious choice. This was always as a childhood. Um, one of the coolest things I thought, but if we step into the Star Wars universe, you might know where I'm heading with this. My number one melee weapon would have to be the dual-sided red lightsaber used um, in the now infamous first Star Wars movie or the first of the the new trilogy by Darth Maul. That's going to be my number one pick. What about you, Jacob? That's a solid pick right there. Um, I didn't know how far if we wanted to venture into the fantasy world, but Jacob, it's your list. Come, I mean, um, now he's drawing lines. We, I love it. I love it. Full I love board. It. I love it. Full board. Yeah, no. Um, I had some honorable mentions on there we'll get to, but my number one, it's it's the classic one. I, th- I think this is what you think of when you think of badass uh, melee weapon slash sword. It's a katana. A katana, you know... It's uh, all over pop culture and uh, Japanese movies and all those things. A katana, you know, it's it's respected. It's one of the most respected things in Japanese culture. And, you know, it's fucking badass. You know, when people unsheathe those uh, 
unsheathe the the katana and it kind of glows samurai jack used one you know i think he used one i'm pretty sure but katana sick as fuck uh you know some people have like uh that bitch from the suicide squad she had a katana and it it stole people's souls and trapped them in there so katana's yes it was (laughs) dc always was very creative (laughs) yeah uh but badass katanas are badass um but solid list. I think everybody had some some solid picks there. Uh, mine were the best, um, but I don't know about that. I thought uh, you don't you have any, honorable mentions too, Jacob. Yeah, do you guys have honorable mentions? I was gonna let you guys throw some out there. I don't have any honorable mm. mentions, but I'll I'll speak on your katana, and uh, I feel like the katana it's kind of uh it's lost some of its like uh I don't know it's like charm because like when I think of a katana, all I think of is like those like fat like weebs like cutting water bottles like in their backyard i think that adds to the allure of a katana they 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 look fucking sick as fuck when they cut through water you see how fast they do that you know cut through fruits and shit (laughs) yeah i'm a big fan of those (laughs) just like i don't know it was like you used to think of like great warriors but now i just think of just like overweight like nerds like slicing up water bottles and it's just like oh Oh yeah, it's that that weird guy with the katana. <laughs> but yeah, in my honorable mentions though, yeah. Obviously lightsaber, sick as fuck. I think you picked the best one there, uh Johnny, with uh, you know, Darth Maul when he does both of them. <laughs> sick as fuck. Um uh energy sword from Halo, that's always pretty fucking badass. Uh, you know. When you when you get that, uh you go around fucking everybody up. It's always fun um you know what else we got what else we got uh chainsaw you know horror movies great um very good pick yep leatherface for sure yep uh you know what else you know just just a, a cleaver jacob are cool. these really honorable mentions if you're going yeah. if you're going what yes. else what else you're just like thinking of well okay i'm sorry i next? didn't write it down i didn't write kitchen. it down i'm trying to just remember real quick open okay. up your kitchen drawer yeah 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 um but yeah pretty pretty i think we did a good job here i think we uh service there's probably a bunch more you know like a mace uh one of the, that thing with a ball and a chain um that you kind of like swing around thor's hammer that's badass <laughs> as fuck there's so many out there that you just you can't bring them all up you uh, wouldn't be able to what, use thor's hammer though are you sure about that pretty sure um yeah good list fellas um you guys got any honorable mentions no, I have Jacob. You know me. I never. I give you my top three. That's it. You get nothing more, nothing less. All right. Like all right. That. All right. Um, well, I think it was a great interview. We appreciate having you on, Stino. Um, you got any last thoughts? You got you calling anybody out in the league um, or anything like that? Uh, last thoughts uh, about the league. Uh, I'll just say uh, I think Jake's team is a uh, dog shit. Jake's probably the uh, the worst fantasy player in the league, and uh, his team's pretty trash. So, so I I would agree with him. Overrated four and two, yeah. Not looking back. Um, do you do you guys as a family like like have some bragging rights throughout the league, or is it is it a little more tamed? I don't know. Is, is that ever get brought up at like Thanksgiving or anything? Uh yeah, he brings it up a lot. He, he always talks about how great my team is and. 
you know, he's like, dang, uh, I wish I could like team build as well as you. I wish I had the, <laughs> the forethought of picking these guys up off the waivers like you do. But I'm just like, <laughs> you're, you're just not on my level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we appreciate him coming on uh, the pod. I think I had the best list there, but Johnny, you got any last thing for Stino here? Well, not for Stino really, but I can't just let you say a remark like I have the best list here. If we put it to a vote in the group chat, Jacob, I think you'd take last place in terms of everything. Does anybody know what the bad is from The Walking Bad? Who knows what that is? Yes, Jacob? yes. You could have just said a, you could have just said a bat with barbed wire, and that would have been equally as effective. Once again, Jacob, I thought moment the last. Uh, you were picking up some steam with the top threes. You were doing okay for a little while, but this week you just completely faltered out. What, nunchucks? You don't like nunchucks? They're just, uh, they're boring, Jacob. Jacob, weren't you fair. on The Walking Dead? Is that why you know what the name is of the bat? <laughs> the Walking Dead is sick. I thought you were a cast okay. member. <laughs> it's true, Jacob. Yeah, you know, weren't you on it? Okay, what was it like? Come on. It was it was pretty cool. Um, I ended up dying a couple episodes later after the, after the bat got introduced, but... Oh, that's yeah. tough. I'm just going to spoil the whole Walking Dead. Rick Rick dies. Or no, he <laughs> leaves. He's got his own spin-off <laughs> show now. Um, what else happened? Um, Is Rick you know, leaving just, the show really the best the best spoiler you, know, you got? They still they still got Daryl kicking around. Him and Carol are still there. Uh, they brought Maggie back. Negan's still alive. He's kicking it. Rick slit his throat. And he, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, we're getting <laughs> I thought, I thought you enough said with you that. watching. Yeah. I did, but I still watch, I watch like recap videos on YouTube because I don't like I wanted to rewatch it, like catch up on it because they're in their final season right now. But I, it just takes too long and it, it, it got boring. So well, much the- like The Walking Dead, this damn thing needs to end. So thank you, Stino, for coming on. You were a great guest as always. Um, we don't want to take any credit, but obviously your season turned around after you were on the podcast. So you know couple of those high scoring weeks we expect a little bit of a, of a you know share of that money but um thank you for coming on uh, as always um you're a great guest it was a pleasure all right well once again we just want to thank stino for coming on it was great to pick his mind obviously jacob and i could both you know try and sap a little bit of what's gotten his team to run so red hot recently um but with that being said that does bring us to the the last portion of the episode the only thing left to do is uh, the power rankings. Jacob, would you like to get us started with the week six power rankings at number 12? Yeah, coming in at number 12, there's no movement from here. It's Caden. Caden's still sitting at number 12. He had a bad week. Couldn't put up a lot of points, so he's staying at 12. Who's at 11? Unfortunately, it's another guy who sits at the 1-5 and five record, has struggled to put up points consistently. Nutter will take the number 11 spot this week, same place he was last week. Who's number 10? Coming in at 10, it's uh, Bryce. Bryce stays put. Again, he had a bad week, only 82 points. Couldn't pull through, and uh, he's staying put. Who's at 9? At 9, it's going to be Joe. You know, it was a bit of a down week from Chubb, and his team just wasn't able to overcome that. He's going to fall to a 2-4 and four record, and actually he's going to stay put at 9 as well. Who's at number 8? Coming in at number 8, it's Brian. Brian's not been... Uh, He's had an up-and-down season, took a tough L to the first-place guy, so he falls to 8. Who's at 7? At 7, it is Scott. Scott's been getting some traction recently. We just hit on earlier that Kamara's been getting hot. You know, instant Kamara. Cam- and always, whenever I need to go to say his name for the team name, I get totally screwed up. 
Um, but he's been getting hot. Scott's team's been getting hot. He'll take the number seven spot this week. Who's number six? Coming at number six is another hot guy. Um, it's uh, it's Aiden. <laughs> a- Aiden uh, off the shoes of Brees Hall, who's coming to form. He's been uh, looking pretty solid so far. So he'll round out the top. Uh, he'll be that sixth spot. Who's at five? At five, it's actually going to be me. I'm going to bump up one spot this week with the 500 record, three and three. Who's number four? Coming at number four, he was uh, number two last week. He drops down to four after taking a tough loss. It's Jake. Jake uh, had some guys on by, so he's looking to come back this week and try to retake his spot at the top area. Who's at number three? At number three, it hurts to be this pretty. Jacob, you take the number three spot this week. You jump up one spot from last week. Who's number two? Coming in at number two, it's the hottest team in the league. It's Steno. He hasn't been, uh, He's he had a bad start, but he's been lights out each week in and out so he's uh, a force to be reckoned with moving forward who's at number one at number one as we said as we've gotten very familiar on this segment it's not going to change until jack loses jack's still undefeated the 6-0 record gives him the number one spot for the week um jacob do you have any any uh, comments on where these power rankings are at or any other final things to say before we sign off you know, I think that the committee's doing a really good job of picking out who's been doing good this year, really ranking the spots, uh, I'd say, almost perfectly. You know, uh, I could maybe move up some spots, but we'll see how that goes moving forward. But it's it's been uh, a tight uh, season so far. Really, uh, J- Jack's um, the only 6-0 team. Everybody else is kind of tight, knit pack. So it's been fun so far. Yeah, as you, I mean, the the Power Rankings Committee always does a great job. We always like to hit on the fact that they are completely unbiased. They're actually not affiliated with us in any way, shape, or form. So their rankings really are, you know, the word of God in some sense. But uh, Jacob was blessed as always. Um, it was great to have Steno on, pick his mind. It was great to take a look at everybody's team um, as we get to a very pivotal point in the season where each week really, really matters. I mean, they always matter, but now playoffs start to get in the eyes of guys and each week. Um, matters a whole lot. This Thursday, we have the Arizona Cardinals versus the New Orleans Saints. So make sure you get all your waiver moves finished, get your lineup set for this week. Um, and Jacob, thanks for joining me. I wish you the best of luck in your matchup this week, and uh, we'll see you next week, boys. Best of luck to you, Johnny, as well, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks.